Hi, this is Deborah Voorhees. I am from Friday the 13th, Part 5, and you are listening to the Huh? Podcast. Hey everybody, we are back, our podcast, this is Dino. I think I'm Michelle. Yep. I think I am. I think you are, and this is episode 82. 82. Yeah, we've been going for a while. Just a little bit. A little bit. And had a pretty busy week. Um, we were, Andrew and I, we released... The latest episode of Last Show at the Rio, talking about horrible movie remakes. We have a lot of hot takes and a lot of emotion and a lot of fun. And like I said, this is our shuffle up and deal. We shuffle, you deal with it. So, yeah, that that dropped. That was really good. Um... Let's see. You recorded uh, with Killian for Hybrid Anime, right? Yeah, we released another okay. episode two on that. And we're going to be probably in a day or two recording and releasing episode three with our brand new theme song uh, by our friend Keith with Say It Podcast. So that was good. Yes. Have you? I I really, aside from one thing, I really haven't been watching anything. I've been kind of. I mean, I've been keeping of, up with our TV shows that you haven't been keeping up mm-hmm. with. Right. Um, you know, the Rescue, Nine One One, Rookie. Right. All that. Yeah, stuff. I gotta get back in that. Um, but I did. I fell asleep to I think it was my six hundred pound life. Okay. I still haven't figured out why I watched that show, but I do. Right. So I fell asleep to that, um, and I woke up to the opening credits for a movie called The Other Lamb. Mm-hmm. This now was I, on Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Now, I had seen it up there a couple of times, never actually looked to see what it was, and I was trying to fall back asleep, but I couldn't fall back asleep, and just kind of sat there... I mean, really, it was my eyes were directed towards the TV because when a TV's on, where do your eyes go? Right. I mean, that was on. I mean, that's right. honestly what it was. But I was trying to fall asleep. So you asleep. were a captive audience. <laughs> and I wound up watching the whole movie. I'm gonna have to watch it again. Okay. I know you want me to try and convince you to watch it. Well, I'm yeah. not sure how to convince you to watch it because I'm not sure what I think about it. Okay. I didn't dislike it. Okay. But I wasn't like, okay, yeah, this is a, <coughs> you know, this is a must-see film. Okay. I mean, you know, that that's the one thing you see on all of This is a must-see right, film. Yeah. So-and-so says you got to see the... No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> right. Um, but 
there was something about it. Okay, no. it, it was because at some point it turned from me just not being able to fall asleep mm-hmm. to saying, "All right, let's see where this goes." Right. But it wasn't like <laughs> I have to see where this goes. It was like, <laughs> "All right, let's see." Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Can, can you tell the distinction? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a, like a cult, it's a cult film. Um, the other, uh, like there's, a, there's a, there's like Midsummer. No. Okay. No, not really. Okay. Um, because it's not a horror film. Right. Just cult. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there's one guy, he has six wives. Mm-hmm. Or so, all of his wives wear red dresses, and then the children he has with those wives wear blue dresses. Mm-hmm. And there is at one point where he wants to turn one of his children into one of his wives. Ooh. Like she's reached that age. Ooh. I mean, but he, any male child, there, there's no, he is the only, there's not even any male children. Mwah. So you, you kind of have to guess what happens if one of his wives has a male. Because <clears throat> right. there, there is at one point where a woman does give birth. She dies in the middle of giving birth. She gave birth to a boy. Well, they did like the whole um, supernatural where they built up a thing, put the dead woman on top of it, and then... Make a pyre? Yeah, pyre, yeah. and then... And he wanted to leave the baby just laying there, the the boy baby just laying there, while the rest of his tribe walked on. Ooh. But one of his dejected or rejected wives decides that she's going to leave, and she she takes the boy. Yeah, I mean there was nothing that was like. You know what it? You know what it is? What? I'm still waiting for that page thirty moment. Okay. The movie's over. There's no more to it. And I'm still craving that page 30 moment. So that might be why I need to watch it again, because I'm like... Did I miss the... Well, what is this building to? What is this... Inciting infant or yeah. whatever. Oh, okay. It, it's almost like I watched maybe the first one or two episodes of a um, limited series. Right. So I just got that beginning part of the story. Where's the rest of it? Yeah. Okay. So, maybe in that sense, you need to watch it with me and tell me what I'm missing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. But, yeah, so that one was called The Other Lamb. Okay. Well. Ignite very good visuals. Right. Because you you know I'm one for the... Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, just it's visually... a. Pleasing, for the photography and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But as far as the story, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Hmm. Well, we did watch something. Yes. And now we can talk about it. Yes. Because it will drop tomorrow as we are recording this and probably putting this out tonight. Because mm-hmm. I think we can do it. Um... Wrong turn, 20, uh, 2021. Right. Or wrong turn, turn seven, seven. Or wrong turn, the foundation. Yeah. Wrong turn. Yes. 
and we well, you wrote a review about it. I did. That will be on the Farsighted blog that was yes. sent over to the Farsighted Network. And we did an interview with the director, Mike Nels. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. And I am going to give you the interview right now. We have uh, director Mike Nelson here and to talk about Wrong Turn. No, not the 90s Wrong Turn. <laughs> We're talking about the new 2021 Wrong Turn film. Um, okay, so first question out of the box. Because you hear different things and marketing means a lot. So is this a remake? Is this a reboot? Is this a continuation? In your mind, what is your wrong turn? You know, I think I think it's like a reimagining. Okay. Uh, you know, when uh you know, when I read the script from Alan uh McElroy, uh is back in twenty seventeen. Um it was very clear that this was like a new version of mm-hmm. wrong turn. And, and, and that's, and that's, that's something that was important to him that, you know, that he write a, um, a wrong turn, uh, a, a modern wrong turn for right now. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I would say he accomplished it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He, he made, he made a crazy, crazy story that, you know, again, like after I read the script for the first time, I, like I've been saying, it's just like, I feel like when I read that script for the first time, it's like, it's the reactions that people have been having watching the movie for the first time. You're just kind of like, whoa, this completely threw me off. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and for me, I, I loved that. I loved that, you know, it kind of, I went in with these expectations. I went in thinking I knew what wrong turn was. And then suddenly, um, I was, uh, I, w- I was very hastily um, um, pushed down and said, you have no idea what wrong turn is. This is, <laughs> this is the new wrong turn. Oh, okay. And I thought that was just fantastic. I was very surprised. And I love that, that they subverted those expectations. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, I kind of think I have a decent idea of what's going on in, in horror you know, what's coming down the pike and I heard, you know, there's a wrong turn coming, a new wrong turn coming out. So of course you're like, okay, well, I've seen the DVD pack of like six wrong turns. Do we need another? (laughs) And then, you know, then I found out that Damien Maffei was in the movie and Mm -hmm. I've spoke with him a number of times on the podcast. So that piqued my interest a bit. And then seeing the poster and the deer heads, and, and I'm like, okay, this seems a lot different than inbred cannibals. This seems, yeah. you know, okay, I'm I'm kind of interested here, and yeah, this kind of takes it and turns it completely on its head, and I'm hearing people's reactions to it and there seems to be 
you're either loving this film or you're hating this film. Yes, yes. And, it's been very divisive, yes. And the ones that are hating it go, well, this isn't at all what I expected. I, I'm not blah, 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 because I don't want to give anything away right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I tried to go in with a completely blank mind going, okay, let's do this. Because this is the same thing that the, the movie The Thing came up against. It was marketed where you saw it and you were thinking, oh, it's a remake. It's a remake. Yeah, yeah. So you go in there thinking it's a remake, and then all of a sudden it, it, it wasn't a sequel, but it was a prequel. <laughs> and it kind of flipped. And when you sit back and see the forest from the trees, no pun intended with the movie, <laughs> it's in its context, it's a very good movie. And I think if people clear their preconceived notions of what wrong turn is and go into it, that might clear up a lot of, you know. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that. I mean, you know, and even, even talking about, you know, because, you know, the, the John Carpenter version was technically a remake right. of, of the one from the 50s. And when that came out, that was completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. by people because people thought it was like this isn't like the original this is such a different weird stupid like it's like they, they called it like an exhibition piece because it was like so gory and so like like nobody ever seen anything quite like that before and um and uh you know now of course it's it, it's a classic and 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 i think you know over time people started to realize like whoa this you know he did ha he was on to something here you know and I think you know that says a lot in, uh, in terms of filmmaking. I think, I think as filmmakers, and, and I think movies that you know are are, are a part of something, or are maybe part of a franchise, or part of another IP, and they want to they want to bring the story to 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 a new audience, bring it new life. I think we need more of that, honestly. Like when I read this, like that was sort of one of the things that that attracted me to it was, you know, like you said, we have six wrong turn films. Do we need another one? And and and. I felt very similar, you know? And so when I read mm -hmm. the script, I, I had this sort of these goggles on where I was like, do we need another wrong turn? And after I read it, I was like, well, this is a very different wrong turn. So yeah, this, this is, this is its own thing. This is its own beast. Right. Um, I think, you know, I think if we could, if we could do more of that, I think we're, we're starting to, we're starting to tell newer, fresher stories. I, I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think what's also interesting about what you said was our movie, I mean, the movie itself talks a lot about, um, you know, prejudgments, um, stereotyping, um, assumptions, um, and the people inside this movie have all those towards each other. You know, you have the townspeople, you got the, the city, the city kids, and then you got the, the, the foundation. And they all fall prey to making these wrong assumptions or, you know, thinking that the others, the other person doesn't understand them or the other person's a bad guy because they think they know what they believe, so, so forth and so forth. So what has been really interesting seeing how people react to this movie is very much, it's very much how like our characters react to each other in the movie. You know what I mean? It's like people have been going to this movie and walking out being like, wow, that's not what I was expecting, but I'm glad I saw it. I really enjoyed myself. It's not your typical wrong turn, but that's cool. 
And then there's the people who like going, I went on the wrong turn with cannibals. Yeah, I know what wrong turn is. And they come like, that sucked. I don't like this. You know what I mean? Like, how dare you do this? How dare you destroy our franchise? And it's just kind of like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. it's only, um, the only thing that comes to mind for me is like visceral reactions. And, and that's what a lot of, and that's, you know, with social media now, they get to put those visceral reactions in the midst of them having them right out on social media and don't yeah. give themselves time to think through. Well, there's what, a great what they're posting and, and why or what they saw and why they're posting what they're posting. And I, I know. And, and, you know, it's interesting because there's a line in the movie where um, uh, one of the characters, Adam, like says uh, to a, to a, uh, one of the, uh, the townsfolk, he goes, yeah, he's probably sitting there in his shitty pickup sipping moonshine. And then the guy hears, it, he goes, what'd you say? And he comes over and then his, his wife or his fiance is like, sorry, uh, my fiance forgets that talking to people isn't like commenting on Reddit. Right. You know? it, it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. And I think, you know, we see so much, we see so much, um, you know, I, again, like assumption and prejudgment, you know, and it's so easy to write. It's so easy to type when you're not looking to, at somebody face to face. And, and I think, you know, this movie sort of explores some of that and, 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 and uh, you know, it's not a movie that takes place online, but it's a movie that, you know, we're so used to, to, to saying whatever we want to people and not, not having, having to deal with any consequence. Right. Right. And, you know, Michelle and I, while we're watching the movie, we actually stopped and like turned to each other and go, well, you know, he has a point where blah, 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 or, you know, yeah, I can see how he would understand that this is what is happening, but it's not how he could have misunderstood this, you know, exactly. when it comes to people from the foundation, mm -hmm. you know, and okay, yeah, maybe. So mm -hmm. we were able to kind of dissect in that moment where those misconceptions were coming from. Right, why the foundation- to do, yeah. That's, I mean, that's what the movie does. And I think that's that's not only the, the, the challenging part of the movie, but it's also, it's also, it's also really fun, you know, to kind of, to play with those things. Like, wait, who's right? Who, who's wrong? I know these guys are the antagonists, but they have a, they have a point. And, and then you have, you know, the, the, the city kids where you're like, man, they really shouldn't be saying that stuff. But, but I understand that they're scared. So, and you know, this is, they're scared because they only know, you know, people that would be in the woods to be a certain way, you know? So right. it's like, and it gets so convoluted and crazy. And then, and then you realize, oh my gosh, this is all really one big, terrible misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And everybody has gotten uh, in way too deep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a big old Three's Company episode gone horribly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can even look at some of the characters too. I mean, even the ones that, you know, that, you know, you might think of as like, you know, maybe having a point of view and, and maybe being right aren't fully right either you know what i mean like right. it's it's just you know i think i think there's i think what's interesting about that is there's a reality to that you know it's it's maybe not as cut and dry black and white as you know the good and evil type movies that you know maybe we're used to um but i think there's something challenging about that i think there's something uncomfortable about that i think there's something um that you know offers discussion you know, uh, about, about that kind of thing. And, you know, it was definitely something that, you know, when Alan was writing it, it you know, we talked about that, that, you know, he was very interested in exploring the, uh, that kind of, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And 
I thought that would be a really fun thing to try to explore, especially within a horror film. And, and that's, that's what we did. Oh, great. And what I love too, is that this is kind of like a, um, what was that movie? Was it, I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, I've got the but his, cat, oh. his cat's trying to get his attention. No. Hey! <laughs> this, is, no, yeah. this is Piranha. This is Piranha. <laughs> um, no, I think it was, uh, was Bye Bye Love. You kind of have a melding of the Bye Bye Love universe. Mm -hmm. You've got Elijah uh, Dushku and a Matthew Modine coming in. <laughs> yeah. Into this wrong turn, you know, so it was, you know, kind of waiting for Randy Quaid to oh my God. as part of the foundation. That would have been awesome. Fan fiction. I'm writing. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I love that. He, he loves to find things like that. You should sometime talk to ask him about his um, Charlie and the Chocolate oh. Factory. Uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I've got a convoluted Willy Wonka. <laughs> like how things are connected with different. Oh, my gosh. That's great. So yeah, that's yeah. how his mind works. <laughs> it's like Great. a beautiful mind, but not. <laughs> but, I, but I think isn't that isn't that what it makes movies so cool is that they can take us there too. Yeah, they're not just like they're not just a story that we can go in and walk out of. I mean, sure, there's movies that do that, but then especially like you know people like us who are who are avid movie watchers who see movie. Their movies are more than movies. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, creating a lore behind yeah. a movie even if it doesn't really exist yep. uh i think that that is one of the it's one of the most fun things that you can you can do with with, with film and I, how cool is that yeah definitely now this is this your second feature it is number two yep okay the first one was summer school uh, or... so no the first one the, okay so i i did uh i was a one of the directors in an anthology feature um, back in like the early 2000s called Summer School. Okay. And then, um, and then in 2016, I directed a movie called The Domestics, which was a post-apocalyptic okay. um, horror thriller. I don't need, I, we're, we're gonna a post-apocalyptic, uh, uh, a love story post-apocalyptic ro uh, road movie. Romance. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was that was that was my first that was my oh. first studio outing um and i did that with mgm and orion and then this one was with um constantine mm -hmm. uh, and of course uh, saban, saban uh, yeah who was really getting into uh, genre oh yeah yep, they're, they're they're snatching things up uh some really interesting stuff for sure yeah. so okay great and i mean you've had uh in the states, you had what two uh, two days of Fathom events, and then you had more showings. Or how 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 did that rollout happen? Well, so the the plan originally was that this was pre COVID. Pre COVID, mm -hmm. you know, it was it was supposed to be a, a, a normal theatrical release. Um, and uh, you know, Saban didn't wanna didn't wanna squash a theatrical release because they really liked the movie. They were really happy with it. They felt like it deserved to be shown in theaters. Um, and they had had such good luck with the Fathom events uh, with the, the, the Jane Silent Bob reboot and mm -hmm. um, Three from Hell, Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Right. 
Um, they had such a great reaction, such a great turnout that they were like, you know what? We have no idea what, what a COVID fathom uh, thing is going to be like, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we, we talked about it. We, we, we thought, well, maybe we should just get rid of that and just go VOD. No, we believe in the movie. We think that it needs a theatrical release. So we're going to do one night. I think it was like 250 screens. Um, and we're just going to make a big punch and see how many people come out. We know it's COVID, so we're not expecting something huge, but... And uh, the pre-sales were just through the roof wow. and they, they were blown away. They were like, wow, we can't believe this is happening. Um, uh, Fathom wants to do another screening. They, they want to do another night. And so we got to do a weekend show. Cause I think the first one was a Tuesday night. And uh, then the second one was a Saturday evening uh, at 7 PM. And, you know, again, the, the pre-sales, I think beat the first, I think they did. I think they beat the first one. And, uh, great reactions and then after that theaters um uh, certain select theaters um reached out and said we want to continue to show the movie and so they they uh continued to show it on certain days and i think it was like the fifth the seventh the 13th the 14th and the 20th and the 21st or something like that 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 it played at you know another 20 or 25 screens or i don't know i don't know all of it but and i know we got to play in some drive-ins which I didn't get to see it in a drive-in, but just knowing that my movie played at a drive-in theater, yeah, was a was it was a bucket list, like a hundred percent bucket list. You know, I'm still trying to find like an image that somebody took of the movie on a drive-in theater screen, like through their car window. Uh-huh. I want somebody to post that. Like, I just want that image so I can be like, it happened. You know, I, I've heard that it happened, but and being such like a, a you know a, a cinema nerd and, and and growing up going to the drive-in, the my two most memorable drive-in experiences were. I saw Ghostbusters 2 in the drive-in when I was little, like, you know, when that came out in like in the late eighties. And then I saw yeah. uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade in the drive-in. Oh. So for me, you know, it's like going to the drive-in and seeing a movie, like is very, it's a very uh, impressionable experience. And I think, um, you know, having your movie being able to, to show in that way is, is, is huge. It, it, it's yeah. very close to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got a drive-in about an hour from our house and okay. we, Probably try to hit it about once a month. Once a month, once every two months, depending, yeah. you know, depending on schedule. Yeah, and they've so got great double features and triple features all the time. So we, yeah. we, bring the, we bring the kids there. The first experience we went, they saw um, the opener was Jurassic Park. Oh. And the second was um, uh, Jaws. Jaws, because it was an uh, anniversary of Jaws. Oh, so my God. Both of those at the theater now. They've also seen... Um, Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters. What other and Goonies. Goonies together. Yeah, that were Ghostbusters and Goonies. But no, it's I mean it's an ex like you said, the whole experience. Because for the there's five of us total and for us to get in it's thirty-five dollars. And they and they have twelve dollar buckets of popcorn that are refillable all night long. So it's like where can you go for like forty seven (laughs) dollars and have six hours of entertainment <laughs> oh my gosh i know i know <laughs> so oh, we, we hear okay. you totally and i can only imagine as a director what it feels to have your film be a part of that type of experience uh, yeah it's it's pretty great it's pretty great <laughs> that is fantastic now do you you have anything else on the pike that you're looking at doing or you know, it's pushing you, never, you never know what's what's going to happen next. Um, I would have never thought in a million years that 
I would have done the next wrong turn movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just didn't like, I mean, I remember doing domestics, which, which I wrote and directed and getting that chance was, was amazing. And, you know, you often wonder, so I wonder what's going to happen next. And, you know, not honestly, like, so I directed that film in 2016 and I wasn't, I didn't, wasn't behind the camera again, directing until the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost it was almost three years exactly that you know from when we were shooting domestics to when we were shooting wrong turn and that was scary you know just to be like ooh, what am I gonna is do I only get one shot at this do, do, do people like not really see anything else in me like they they saw the movie and like oh yeah it's it, it's okay like you know he's not as exciting as these people you're that these are all the things that go through your mind and right. um, you just have to keep fighting you just have to keep hustling and you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what I learned from that experience that, you know, no, you are, you, you are still in a way still kind of in control of, uh, of your destiny. And uh, you, if you fight, you can get the next project and, you know, wrong turn happened to fall in my lap because I, I, my manager and he had it and he, you know, reps the writer Alan. And, and so what could come next? That's a good question. You know, right now I have two scripts that I'm writing. Um, you know, one that that's at a production house right now that we're doing rewrites on uh, to, to, to bring it out. And uh, one that uh, another one that uh, you know, one's a one's a, a Christmas horror and one's a sort of a, a monster flick, a um, a, a UFO uh, chase, we'll call it um, a movie. And uh, and so I guess my hope would be that is that it'd be one of those. Um, but you can never tell these days, uh, you know, you get a, you get a script that falls into your lap that you read again. And you're like, Oh, I never expected I'd read this, but I like it. And then you pitch and then you get it. So who knows? Oh, Got to go with the flow, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. And uh, wrong turn uh, will be available on VOD and physical or yes. yep. VOD, Blu-ray, DVD, um, uh, the 23rd of uh, February. Fantastic. Well, Mike, I appreciate you sitting down and talking with us. Oh, no, this is great. This is super chill. I love it. I love just, you know, just talking movies, especially with, you know, you know movie geeks like yourself. And, oh, yeah. And I think it's, uh, it's, a great, uh, it's a great pastime. And, and uh, not only that, it's um, uh, just, you know, the levels of imagination and the places that they can take us are just are so much fun. Yep. Yep, we and we're raising one of the younger ones now. She she's she's going to be. All of our kids watch horror in in some shape, but our youngest, she's eight, and her and daddy horror dates are like her favorite thing. <laughs> oh man, let's see. <laughs> my my son is five, and you know we do we do our Indiana Jones nights. There you um, go. And because yep. I'm such a I'm such an Indiana Jones junkie, and and so I've been showing him those, and he's really been enjoying those, and we. We listen to the, the the John Williams scores in the car mm-hmm. and talk about you know what like when we're listening to the music we talk about okay so what's happening now and then he'll fill in and then I'll say part of it and then we <laughs> 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 and we start talking through the movie and I can't wait until he gets a little bit older until I can start showing him you know like show him like maybe like a Nightmare on Elm Street or Monster Squad mm-hmm. or something like that and and get his 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 reaction there because I think those are going to be priceless moments. Yeah, we we started off she and I with like Batman stuff. Oh yes, yes. Like, yep. um, like the the Batman cartoon. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, she loved that, and then the animated series and all those different things. And she's like, "When I grow up, I want to be Batman." <laughs> I said, "Oh, do you want to be Batgirl?" She goes, 
No. Yeah. I want to be Batman. Good for her. A girl. I'm like, (laughs) okay, you got your priorities in order. (laughs) I love that. Wow, how cool is that? I think that's one of the best things about being a parent is getting to bring them into your life and show them things that made you who you are and watch their watch their reactions mm-hmm. yes. to it. <laughs> it's so cool. Absolutely. I know. I know. It's been so, it's so fun because you never know, you, you never know how they're going to react and are they going to react the same way you did? And are they going to like what you like? And sometimes they don't and sometimes they do. And it's, <laughs> right. it's a fun experience for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's just waiting for Five Nights at Freddy's to come out, you know. Oh my god! Favorite thing in the world. Yeah. So we did show her banana splits. She did see that one. (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness! But so maybe one day she'll be in the field. We don't know. Mm. She she is an artist too. So yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's the first step. Yep. (laughs) Yep. She's actually had two things published so far. Oh my gosh! Isn't that something? Wow. (laughs) <laughs> so all her. right well mike once again thank you very much um and guys check out wrong turn check it out 23rd uh, baby yeah <laughs> we'll check it out again yeah oh yeah all right awesome <laughs> all right man thank you very much i appreciate right. you appreciate yeah absolutely no it's, it's a lot of fun so yeah. thank you awesome awesome all right and we'll send links out to everything yes. tag you yeah, yeah please do everything when this comes out he, he's yeah good. i would love to see it yep he's good at all that stuff i i just show up say some things and then let him <laughs> <laughs> oh good you know I that, do it that's wrong with that <laughs> all right man i'll let you go all right take it easy all right bye bye Bye-bye. okay yes um that uh, is also available on youtube in a a little more concise form included with the trailer so for the film like i said in my article i think it was a very on time yeah film mm-hmm. i don't i kind of get the feeling even from the interview that it wasn't necessarily written to be an on time film right but it's just, just that that's just how it worked out to yeah. be um, you know, because it, it, if you had a comparison, it liberals, conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, j- yeah. just how they see past each other. They, they don't look at each other. Right. But they look past them to the wrongs that each other do. So they just continue to. Right. Pile on misconception and, and misunderstanding at, you know, mm-hmm. until everybody's dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, originally, and I, and I messed up in the interview because I said, oh, the 90s. It wasn't 90s. It was, I think, oh, three. Because we were married when was we went. The, yeah. We were married when we went to go see it. It was the original one. And, yeah, it was a mutant redneck slasher type of thing. And, yeah. It was what it was. Right. Well, see, and that's why that's why I had said that you know I wasn't when you said we were going to watch Wrong Turn. I you were like, ah, okay. all right. <laughs> my re- my reluctant horror. Yeah. Movie watching. It was. I'll do it. <coughs> you know, because 
I like to, you know, I want to do things and watch things that you want to watch. And I know that you do the same for me. Right. And, yeah, I just was not looking forward to watching the movie because I didn't, wasn't into the whole cannibal. Cannibal, mutant redneck. Yeah. However, you do like, uh, uh, what was that? The uh, Hills of Eyes uh-huh. remake. Don't you? Don't you did. If you can't see, my eyes are rolling. Oh, I thought uh, you watched the second <laughs> one without me. Yeah, I but. mean, I don't dislike them. Mm-hmm. They're just not my okay. You know, mm-hmm. but um, no, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, because like you said, there was a lot of subtext mm-hmm. in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So that and I did enjoy that, but I and I did kind of like and I, I don't I think I mentioned it on the interview if not, um, the or no I might have talked to you about it afterwards, when the interview was done how at the very end there they flipped the whole cannibalistic yeah thing on its head. Mm-hmm. I won't go any more than that into it because I don't want to. Right. <laughs> but they do kind of flip it on its head. Yeah. Yep. So, so I thought that that was interesting. But yeah, so we, we do, we actually recommend you going and renting or streaming or buying. I want to go and buy it. Um, <laughs> the Wrong Turn um, DVD. I recommend the hard copy because I do believe that there is commentary and some bonus that you just don't get with streaming anymore. So, that's it. And... Oh, can I kind of back up just a little bit? One thing we didn't do in our intro, because we always talk about family things and things that happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to do a proud mama moment. And I know you're proud too. Yes, you do. um, This weekend, we got to go up to uh, Greenville for the Young Marines again. Mm -hmm. I know that we've mentioned it often, so you guys know that our... Kids are all involved in that in, in some level. Mm-hmm. Um, but this weekend, Killian um, earned his rank up to yep. Lance Corporal. Yep. So, yay! And that's what we went there. We were going to watch a ceremony for his rank up. And <laughs> I don't think he even knew, but he wound up getting um, an attendance award. Mm-hmm. Um, he got the DDR award. Now, both of those awards come with new ribbons. Right. For his rat, ribbon rack on the Do you want on to, his blouse. Uh, explain what DDR is again. Uh, well, the DDR is uh, drug demand reduction. Right. So it's actually, and this is what I really like about it, because you know, I mean, the '80s had the say no to drugs. Right. And that was Dare really not, right. Yeah. Well, and that was really the whole campaign: say no to drugs. Right. Okay. Yeah. How, how do you do that? Okay. <laughs> you know, the DDR takes it so much further because yeah. they actually through it they actually I mean they they get things that they can read or it comes in on video and what they do is it teaches them about the drugs right. it teaches them what that drug does to their bodies mm-hmm. and it shows them why they want to say no to drugs it's not just to say no it's a say no and here's why you want to say right. no because it can, because the other part of the Young Marines is all about physical fitness and, and being healthy. 
So this this is just the other aspect of it. You know, if you want to have a healthy body, you're going to want to say no to no to drugs because this is what they do to your body. Right. If you want to be healthy in mind and spirit, this is why you say no to drugs because drugs are going to do this to your to your mind and and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I really like that aspect of it. Um, and basically, the DD his DDR DDR award goes in conjunction with his going up to Lance Corporal because that moved him onto a new level. He got a new book, and in order to uh, do that, you have to give a three minute speech right. on a particular drug, and he did his on uh, marijuana. So that that was fun, and then he actually also got the bronze. Um, presidential pin for community service yeah so you know we went up there to watch him do that and you know and then getting watching him stand up four more times to receive those awards and the look on his face you knew he wasn't expecting it either and Mm -hmm. i'm trying to not get emotional (laughs) but to see him because there's a couple of times where he has asked me you know why do i go to the young marines you know what am i supposed to be taking away from this Mm -hmm. which i think is a really kind of grown-up question yeah um granted there might be also be a little bit of laziness what's in this for me yeah but you know it was the first time in a while that i have seen in him that Wow, I am accomplishing something here. Yeah. So that was really cool. And then mm-hmm. little Miss Nico yeah. also got a presidential pin for community service. She got silver. Right. Now, at first, Killian was like, how come I only got bronze and she got silver? Well, the way that they do it is because the two of them, they did a lot of their um, volunteer work together. So they had the same hours. I think right. there might have been a half hour to an hour difference some, right. somewhere in there. Um, but they pretty much did the same. Huh. Yeah, so there might have been like a half hour to an hour difference in the time that they had. Right. But um, the way that they calculate where, you know, what pin they get, whether it's bronze, silver, or gold, they also factor in the age. Right. So because Nico was so, is so much younger than Killian, she wound up getting into the silver Right. bracket so yeah it was... it, right it, there's kind of that you know uh you know where uh you know where there's power there's responsibility he is older he has more opportunity right and he's a teenager now where she is a little kid so it counts more toward what she's doing right. she in essence is working harder to accomplish the same same level right yeah so anyway that was i that that made my saturday yeah (laughs) absolutely love that yeah and that is a great endorsement for the young marine program yes yeah if if any of you listeners are looking for something for your son or daughter to do Mm -hmm. i highly recommend the program they're in all um, 50 states. I actually have one in um, Okinawa. Well. Um, but uh, just give a look. I, I think if you just go to youngmarines.com, mm-hmm. there's a lo- uh, unit locator on there, and they'll sh- let you know where the um, closest unit is to you. And they, you know, if you don't mind traveling, 
they don't mind you traveling. Right. You don't have to be within a certain <coughs> mile range of that particular unit. Right. Because uh, like, we drive an hour for them to get there. There was a family that was there for the first two years of us being there. They drove three hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what they... They went from Orangeburg to Greenville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what they used to do is they would go up the Friday night before, mm-hmm. um, stay in a hotel... Because they had more than one child in it too, yeah. so you know, so yeah, they would do that. And but if and if anybody has any questions about the Young Marines program, mm-hmm. hit us up. Is I'll it? answer them the best I answer the best I can. Yeah. Yep. Actually, I might have Killian answer the best he can because oh. it's part of what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. I'm going to be a little self-serving here, okay. and we're going into. Commercial break. Commercial break. Ready. Just relax and enjoy the ride. In these uncertain times, people certainly need entertainment. And we can certainly provide. With our podcast, Hybrid Anime, we will talk about certain anime, certain manga, and certain manga turned into anime. Don't forget, video games based on certain anime. Yeah, we certainly can't forget that. And you can be certainly certain that we will provide that in hybrid anime. So you're going to introduce me to anime? Yes. Certainly. Will I like this anime? Debatable. Not certain? Not certain. Okay. It's certainly debatable. Will they enjoy this podcast? Certainly. (laughs) Wherever great podcasts are found. Ready. Just relax and enjoy the ride. Just when you thought it was safe. Hello? They're back. So, Andrew, I've got another brilliant idea. Why don't we do another podcast? And more terrifying than before. Another podcast. Another podcast like that last podcast where everybody's trying to censor our ass and damn all up in my damn face having something to say about my I don't give a what you think about my you Prima Donna, a mother, and my, you can suck my mother with my. So is that a yes? Yeah, sure. I'm, cool. I'm totally cool with your podcast. The last show at the Rio. Hear it on all major podcast platforms. Okay. Great ads. If I do say so myself. <laughs> Considering I was featured in two of them. But, hey. You know what? That's it. What do you got, Michelle? What is that? You're gonna be tested. You're gonna mm. be tested. Alright. 
if anybody we're, we're remembers back to Stump the, the Dino. Yep. Uh, we were doing Movie Night Trivia uh, book yep. with over 400 uh, Blockbuster Brain Benders. Yep. The last time we did this, um, it was on the musicals and comedies. Yeah. You wound up getting 17 out of 25 correct uh-huh. for a 68%. Yeah. Okay. All right. This, tonight's we're doing animals and family films. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. And what it says here is, like so many sticky-fingered children in a sticky-floored cinemaplex, these films have more puppies, puppets, and muppets than a mommy and me matinee. Oh, great. All right. Remember movie theaters, folks? Remember those? <sighs> Starting to forget them. Mm-hmm. All right. At... Uh, 2006's Night at the Museum uh-huh. takes place in this iconic <coughs> museum. Do you need me to list them off, or do you think you know which one? Museum of Natural History in New York. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give that to you because it was this Miss this the Miss the Smithsonian. The Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County, the American Museum of Natural History, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, or the Hermitage. But the second one was Smithsonian, wasn't it? Yeah. So, well, the answer here is each night the exhibits of New York City's American Museum of Natural History. And that's the one uh-huh. that's in New York. So uh, you, you did get that one correct. Because uh, I've always known it as the um, Museum of Natural, Natural History. Yeah. yeah. I never knew it as the American Museum of Natural History. No. Anyone from the tri-state area, you knew we were right. <laughs> All right. Here's, your, here's a bonus question. Yep. Name the actor who wore a hook in Hook, 1991, and a dress in Tootsie, 1982. Dustin Hoffman. In an effort to save their goondock community, blank, <coughs> use an antique map to try to find One-Eyed Willie's treasure. Goonies. Okay. We just mentioned that in the interview. <laughs> yep. All right, here, another bonus question already. Hey. Name the actor who knew too much in The Man Who Knew Too Much, 1956, and shot Liberty Valance in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, 1962. Cary Grant? No. Oh. Who shot Liberty Valance? Man, man knew too much. I mean, I know it's not going to count. Jimmy Stewart? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Dang it. Uh, Ford, Di- and it was a bonus question, so yeah. you, okay. you're not going to lose yeah. out on it. Okay. Four <laughs> Disney princesses, well, the actresses who provided their voices at least, appeared in another Disney film featuring a different singing princess, 2007's Blank. What? Okay, it's, you're looking for a name of a movie. Right, right, four. Four Disney princesses, well, the actresses who provided their voices at least, appeared in another Disney film featuring a different singing princess. 2007's name of the movie. Enchanted. 
There you go. Yay! Yeah, it was, um, I, is it Idina Menzel, Frozen's Elsa, Judy Kuhn, Pocahontas, Jody Benson, The Little Mermaid's Ariel, and Paige O'Hara, Beauty and the Beast's Belle. We're all enchanting in Enchanted. Hmm. All right. Oh, you should know this one. Okay. Jeff Kinney, upon whose 2007 book this 2010 film was based, has opened his own bookstore in Massachusetts. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yes. That's cool. He opened up his own bookstore? Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Which phrase is used by Farmer Hoggett in 1995's Babe? That'll do, Think, Think on it, pig. Think on it. That's all, pig. That's all. Thank you, pig. Thank you. That'll do, pig. That'll do. That'll do, pig. That'll do. That was a good movie. I like Babe. Did you know, it might have just been the second Babe, Mm-hmm. But that was directed by uh, George Miller, who did Ma- the Mad Max movies. Hmm. I did not know. Yeah. I, don't, I honestly don't even know if I've ever seen Babe. Really? No. I like Babe, and Babe 2 is a little darker. It's a little darker, but good movie. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The importance of a baseball featuring the signature of blank is hotly debated by the players in 1993's The Sandlot. Babe Ruth? Yep. Okay. The Great Bambino? <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. Uh, nicknamed, among other things, the Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, the Colossus of Clout, uh, poor Smalls, played by uh, t- Tom Gurry, doesn't know that Babe Ruth is also the great Bambino. Yeah. Okay. Whether he's, here's the next one. Whether he's being bought or sold, saving people, or in need of saving himself, this optimistic equine hero of this 1994 film never has a long face. Ninety-four film. Mm-hmm. Whether he's being bought or sold, saving people or in need of saving himself, the optimistic equian hero of this nineteen ninety-four film never has a long face. I don't know. Black Beauty. Ninety-four. They, there's, they've yeah, they've I, I, so I don't remember them. I was going to say They've that, done so many. I, I don't remember it. Okay. Set on a farm, 1973's animated musical, Blank, based on a book by E.B. White. Charlotte's Web. Was produced by the company best known for creating cartoons set in the Stone Age, the future, and in Jellystone Park. Yeah. Hannah Barbera. Yep. Okay. In 2011's The Muppets, lifelong fan Gary hopes to join his favorite television trope troupe by performing which talent? Drumming, singing with chickens, chemistry, whistling, or gophering? 
Wo ist Sonne? Ja. Das war der eine Teil, der müsste... ...scare... Nico, I Was think. it Nico? Yeah. Well, she loved the movie, but didn't like that part. Because yeah. of his face. Yeah. Yeah. This 2011 film could have been called Winter's Tale, but that may have led people to think that it was a Shakespearean adaptation rather than a story about a dolphin who is outfitted with a prosthetic after a mishap with a crab trap. Uh, dolphin's Tale. Let's see if there's any good little tidbits. Nah, nothing okay. interesting. Nah. Okay. In the climactic scene of 1993's Free Willy, what does Willy jump over to reach freedom? A seawall, a dam, a highway, a waterfall, or a bridge? A seawall? Okay, I was going to say, I thought I remembered it being like a jetty or something. Alright. In Disney's 1961 classic 101 Dalmatians, mm -hmm. Pongo and Perdita adopted this many puppies. 12, 99, 48, 51, or 84. I don't know. I haven't seen it in forever. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. Should have been easy math. Oh. They had 101. Or, oh. So, yeah, they. it says Pongo and Perdita had 15 biological puppies oh. and adopted 84 oh. to get to the 101. Okay. I just thought she was like a little whore. <laughs> <laughs> they were all the same age, so it would have been from one litter. That's true. <laughs> okay. Sounder, ba that's the name of the film. Sounder, mm -hmm. based on the award winning book, tells the tale of a farming family and their dog. Unlike the book, the majority of the human characters in the film have. No ears. I don't know. Okay, while the, greatest, while the Great Depression denied Sounders' family their livelihood, author William H. Armstrong chose to deny them names. Oh, wow. So in the book, they didn't have names. In the movie... Mm. In 1989's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, mm -hmm. the kids had to traverse what treacherous terrain to get back home? Their backyard. Absolutely. I loved watching that film just for like the, you know, yeah. like the grass was like, the, yeah. yeah. That, that set. One of the kids in that movie was from my hometown on Long Island. I mean, that set production Limbrook, had to have been. Yeah. Okay. Um, did Rick Moran ever come back? So I know he stepped out for a while to take care of his He family. was supposed to be. I don't know if I've seen him anything recently. The last thing I heard was that when that moron like beat him up. Oh. Like how you do that. Okay. In Home Alone, mm -hmm. Kevin McAllister amuses and educates himself by watching this black and white gangster film. 
angels with filthy souls, angels with dirty faces, the wild angels, the trouble with angels, or angels in the outfield. Angels with filthy souls. Because yes. Angels with Dirty Faces, I believe, is a actual movie with James Cagney. Well, and Angels in the Outfield is that yeah. baseball one, right? With Tony Danza, who went to my high school. See? Keep going around. It's all about me. Yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bonus question. Hmm? Name the actor who transferred his role from Broadway to 1996's A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, but did not do the same for the 1971 adaptation of Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, I'm confused. Okay. Okay. The name the actor who transferred his role from Broadway to 1996 is a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. 96. Right. Okay. But did not do the same for the 1971 adaptation of Fiddler on the Roof. All right. So he was in the play Fiddler on the Roof, but not in the movie. But he was in the movie. movie and the pl and play for... Zero the... Mustel? Yep. Okay. All right. Because, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it was uh, uh, Chaim Topol. That did it for the movie, for Lauren Roof. Yep. If I were a rich man. You bought that for me. It's agree. one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. In 2002's Tuck Everlast, another <laughs> one that I've watched several times in love, the Tuck family will never die because they are immortal. <laughs> I don't know. Can I say no, Sherlock? <laughs> <laughs> they drank from a magic spring. That's right. That gives them life. They, so basically they found the fountain of life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, here's a bonus question. Name the director who appeared in her director father's films, including all three Godfather films, 1972, 1974, and 1990. Sophia Goble. Yes. Okay. 1950s Harvey is about Elwood P. Dowd, Dowd. and his bestie, a... Six-foot-tall invisible rabbit. Okay. Another... They didn't say six-foot-tall. They said giant, so I don't good give it to... <laughs> that was another good uh, Jimmy Stewart movie. Hmm. Oh, we've got it. I forgot about these. I think the girls would like this one. Name the 1993 sequel to 1989's Look Who's Talking and 1990's Look Who's Talking 2, in which audiences could hear the inner voices of Rox, a mutt, and Daphne, a poodle. Is it Look Who's Barking? Look Who's look, Talking Now. Look What's Talking. Look Who's Still Talking. Look Who's Talking Now. And please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> look Who's Talking Now. <laughs> I think the kids would like the mm -hmm. would like the uh, look who, the girls at least would like the look who, like ah, the <laughs> starring Michael J. Fox, Hugh Laurie, Gina Davis, and Nathan Lane. The title character of this 1999 film 
is adopted into a family whose descriptive last name perfectly fits his diminutive stature. Stuart Little. Yes, sir. All right. In 1992, the... Ooh, I can't say that word. I, I, I can't see the print. Yeah, I, 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 you might be able to get it without that. Okay. <laughs> so, edit. Okay. In 1992, the movements of a St. Bernard named Blank brought a lot of mischief, slobber, and love into a classic family led by Charles Grodin Beethoven. and Bobby Hunt. All right, another bonus question. If you answer this bonus question, you're going to have a, a 100 avid, average for tonight. Okay. Okay. Name the actress who looked after a group of girls in Girl Interrupted 1999, one girl in Karina Karina 1994, and one boy in Clara's Heart 1988. Whoopi Goldberg? There you go. <laughs> Yay! What is Ferris Bueller's key to faking out parents? A fever, clammy hands, stomach cramps, vomiting, or moaning? Clammy hands. Shelley Long played Phyllis Neffler in 1989's Blank, in which a prototypical Real housewife bonds with her daughter and finds herself among the wilderness girls. Troop Beverly Hills? Some of these that you know scare me that you know these. <laughs> really, really does. 1990, 1989, were you watching Troop Beverly Hills? I played the fifth. <laughs> I didn't watch it till I was a grown up. Mm. Okay. Based on the book series by Michael Bond, Vetty British Paddington Bear, the star of 2014's Paddington, is originally a native of Patagonia, Portugal, the Philippines, Panama, or Peru. Patagonia? Peru. Uh, okay, I don't know. Gotta be nearing the end here. Let's see. We've got one, two, three. Three questions left. All right. All right. Though not the only film based on a Disney theme park attraction, this film series, which began in 2003, is arguably the most popular and profitable. Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes, sir. Okay, here's a bonus. Name the actress who was both a funny girl in 1968 and a funny lady in 1975. Barbara Streisand. In the finale of 1994's Ace Ventura Pet Detective, the Philadelphia Eagles play the blank whose mascot Ace was hired to find. Miami Dolphins. Think Alright, so because of the bonuses, you got 25 out of 25, 
which gives you 100%, which now your total is da 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 You are now sitting with an overall total of 84%. Damn, that is a comeback. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right, all right, all right. You want to know what next your next section is now? Sure. Wait a minute now. That's... Your next section. I don't know if I should tell you because now you might just go in. No. Let Fantasy me... and science fiction. Okay. That's your next one, is fantasy okay. and science fiction. All right. Not bad. Not bad. I think I'll be all right. Hey, hey your stump, the Dino, at one point was at, what, like a 40? <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember. You don't want to remember. <clears throat> that, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, I think, I think that's it. Yes, sir. All right. Guys, uh, thanks for listening in. If you need us or you want to talk to us, you know how to hit us up. You know how to find the podcast. You know where the YouTube channel is. You know where the Facebook group is. Okay. Oh, and I am going to put a special thing out there. What? Okay. For oh. this For this whole Stump the Dino okay. thing. If anybody has a question that they think will stump you. Mm-hmm. I want them to send it to me on Facebook. Okay. Because mm. I don't do the Twitter. Yeah. The Twitter. I send I don't it do to the... Michelle. Right. And Michelle Gingali. Yes. Michelle Galbraith Gingali. Yes. Because there is another Michelle Gingali, spelt the same way. And it's my sister-in-law. And is yeah my sister-in-law. So Michelle Galbraith Gingali. Really odd thing at doctors down in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so if you have a question that you think can stump Dino, send mm-hmm. it to me. Yeah. All right, guys, we love y'all. Thanks a lot. See you next time. Be decent with each other. Good night. Peace.